It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 157. The first track day is complete. We shredded a tire. We burned a lot of fuel. And we had an amazing time on the track. We're going to have my riding buddy with us on the show tonight for joining us and talking about the track day. And he is also the prior owner of my lovely new Interceptor. So that will be fun conversation. But first... The fellas and some beverages, starting with Brother Hogan. What's up? What's in your glass? My man, I am drinking a, a special tonight. I am drinking uh, Grey Goose with uh, Buffalo Rock. Oh, I don't know what that is, but it's a ginger ale. It's a yeah, it's yeah, it's really spicy ginger ale. All right, ginger beer. Let's slide on down to the TD. Johnny John, the riding fool, a serious riding fool with some new iron butts. What are you drinking, John? I'm drinking Yingling tonight, Cameron. Yes, I'm going to spill it. John's got some new iron butts to his name. What? I do. Which I forgot to put on the list. I'm going to do that right now. I have a couple. John has an iron butts with an S. (laughs) John has iron butts. (laughs) (laughs) I, I did the ultimate iron butt and then retired from the uh, the long distance game. So <laughs> that could be another story for another day, though. Right? The uh, what from Puerto Bay to uh, Key West? Well, the next next to that one, the the coast to coast to coast in under a hundred hours. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. I would Jacksonville, look Florida like- to San Diego, back to Jacksonville, ninety eight hours and ten minutes. Dang. And that was on the, the VFR that I have, or the prior one? No, it was on a uh, uh, FJR. Ah, uh, that's right. The big FJR one. 1300, yeah. yeah. Wee. Let's bring in our special guest first, since you've heard the voice, <laughs> Mr. Alan Garrison. Thanks for joining us, man. How are you? And thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And I see you have a, a bottle of water. A nice evening. bottle of Aquafina. Yes, that's, my, that's my, my water of choice, either that or smart water. That is Pepsi's finest. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what are you drinking there, Mr. Warfield? Since I forgot to do that, that's normal. Yeah, I'm going to turn the camera on for Hogan because I need his permission. Otherwise, I'm not going to drink it. Oh, my goodness. All right, let me, see, let me see this. This is a special release OMB barrel aged fat boy, the Baltic oh, Porter. You son bitch. <laughs> It's 22 ounces. It's 8.3% by volume. And I'm asking because I went over to get these, especially for Hogan and I to partake, and they're about $17 a bottle. What? So can I drink it now? Do I need to say it? Are you going to drink that? I don't think I can drink the whole thing tonight. (laughs) 22 ounces of 8.3. I'll be on the floor. You know I'm going to see you Saturday, right? I have two of these, though, you know. Oh, okay. 
I mean, I'm gonna leave it right here on the side for for now. No, no, go ahead, drink the. I'm wine. gonna think about it. I'm you think know, about I'll have my, I'll have mine when it, when you bring it to me. All right, I'm gonna open it. You said, no, it. I would go, say, wait, go I would say, give it, Rich. Do it, Rich. Do it. Yeah, I have two, John. Yeah, do do it, do it. We gotta know if it's any good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I don't true. want it to drive. I don't want you to drive three hundred some miles this way, and it's not be good. I dropped the cap in my water. <laughs> Stop it. Oh. Now we we already like the fat boy, but this is right. barrel aged. So let's give it a go. So so how is it? Yeah, let me know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh man, that is smooth. Oh. It's like drinking oh, syrup. Well, Alan, when, they, when he's drunk mm. later, we'll be okay. Mm. <laughs> now, now, normally the fat boy is what twelve percent. No, no, I think it's it's right up there, about seven or seven and a half. No, you sit. No, no, it's not that high. Not that high. Really? Yeah, it's like seven. Well, I must be thinking about Sierra Nevada. You must be. Yeah, because I was just there and I had a, a dark, kind of like a fat boy, real a real nice stout, and it was twelve percent. And man, did it! <laughs> it hit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to sit here and eat a little bit more. <laughs> All right. Get out of the way. The top is coming through. Look out. It's still in the garage, so I can still play it. <laughs> All right. New new topic is real easy for this one. And that is my first track day is complete. And we want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. That fat boy's making me cough <laughs> for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was this was with N2 Track Days. So we want to give a shout out to them. They put together a a nice program. We had a lot of fun. Everyone was safe, and I would definitely do it again. And it was held at Carolina Motorsports Park, and we did it on April sixth. So that's what almost three weeks ago now, give or take. Has it been that long? It'll be three weeks Saturday. Mm-hmm. 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 So I, I guess I'll start with my my overall feeling, and then I want Alan to jump in, because I know this was your second track day. The first one with PRE, correct? The, the third one, too, with PRE, and then this one here. And then this one, okay. So I thought Wait. it was a great time, and just... What, John? No, I was just saying... You got to tell me about this suit thing because I I saw you. We'll, we'll like, get to oil, suit. Uh, <laughs> I saw you oil yourself up and slide yourself into it. <laughs> I might need another sip to start talking about that. All right. <laughs> the, the, the suit didn't look bad. I mean, you you, you look no. like a Power Ranger, but so did everybody. Else, you know, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big guy in a one piece leather suit. I mean, there's only one way it can look. <laughs> White was a bold choice, but you know. <laughs> well, I was thinking of the temperature. Like when we do it in the summer, I'm like, well, it's going to be hot. If I get a white suit, it should be cooler. Go, go faster, and it's not an issue. No, okay. <laughs> right around the track, looking like hero. <laughs> well, we, we can paint. Maybe we can paint it. Put some stickers on it. So the first thing I want to say, though, before we get too far, is just kind of like a. I don't know. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but if you have a sport bike, I guess my recommendation would be to suit up, tape it up and get that thing to the track. Cause man, that is the way to ride those machines. 
you know, I've mm-hmm. put about 5,000 miles on the R6 since I got it on the road. And it was actually enough mileage that I, I'm glad I did that. I got a lot of comfort in riding the bike. I was, you know, I knew how it handled in the braking. I was comfortable with the power. And just, man, it's so much fun to ride a bike like that. And it's it's the environment, too, not just the speed. It's that the track is swept clean. Everyone's going in the same direction. You know, everyone's got the same mission. So generally, everyone's going fast. And just an all-around good time. If you've got a sport bike and you've not done it, you should pause the podcast and go sign up now. Because <laughs> it was that much fun. <laughs> yeah! So Yeah, you ain't got to worry about it. Dirt, you gotta worry about gravel, yeah, uncommon traffic, yep. blind spots, none of that. And you have dogs, co- dogs, teenagers, dog, yeah, right. you know, people pulling out from cell phones, you know, old folks, yeah, and good runoff areas, which <clears throat> some people needed. And <laughs> just <laughs> you know, all the right stuff for going fast, basically. And I, I just say it's hard to describe how much fun it was. Probably the most fun I've had on a motorcycle. I think I would nice. put it out there. All right. So any, so any curve. Okay. So did you get hot in one of the curves that you had to poker up a little bit? Well, that, yeah, that's what I needed the runoff room for. So there's a, I guess it is, is it 13 or 14? I can get a straight number for 13 or 14 turns. The the last one, the, the, the <laughs> last turn before the front stretch, there's like a short little straightaway that follows a series of right-hand turns. So it's like there's a slow right, and then it's a little more gentle, and then it's a little tighter, and then it's a little more gentle, and then it's a short straightaway into the final turn, which is like a 40-mile-an-hour turn, Uh give or take. And I was just way too fast on the brakes, too much rear brake, locked up the rear tire, and I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just trying to get the bike stopped. I just kept it straight all the way into the runoff zone. Did you fixate on that corner? No, I just had too much speed and and had the rear wheel locked up. Okay. That's all it was. So I got on the brakes where I had been all day, well, up to that point, and just, we talked about it afterwards, you know, Alan, and actually, uh, Ape showed up later on and gave me the tip. He's like, just forget the rear brake. He's like, just don't use it today. Yeah. And I kind of try to keep telling myself that, but. So that's, yeah, that's really all it was. Just locked up that rear, was straight, and I said, all right, well, I got to bring the speed way down on this thing before I try to barrel it at that corner. Uh-huh. But up all till right. then, it was a heck of a lap because Alan was following me. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a great lap, yeah. <laughs> I had been following him all day up until that point, and it's like, all right, well, I'm, you know, follow me around, see if you can find something or give me some pointers, and we're doing good, and we had like a, mini drag race down one of the straightaways, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or at least I thought it was a drag race because I thought he was <laughs> going to pin it and try to go by me. And I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> no, you, you didn't give him any opportunities to pass on that lap. I did not give until, him until, until turn 14, yeah. <laughs> and then at 14, I think I let everybody go by. And then I'm sitting out there wide just waiting for, you know, clearing so I can duck back in. But, but a lot of fun. So... Why don't we start with the comparison? You want to compare this to your PRE days and, and your priors? Since this being I, the was, third? Um, it was, um, I had heard uh, some some bad things from, from some of the PRE guys. Maybe not bad things, but 
that that N2 was a little looser with their rules and everything else and allowed more hot dogging. But honestly, I didn't see that. It, it was a very professional group of guys and agree. You know, they were they were on it and I was I was very impressed and I'd be happy to ride with them anytime. Yeah. The only incident I had, and it wasn't even an incident, was just um I'm trying to think of which turn it is. So off the carousel, you've got the straightaway that runs downhill. You make the right-hand turn, and then it's like you're in that forever right turn right? Yeah. before the straightaway, before the kink. So the last part of that, I guess I wasn't far enough left, and this, you know, a leader bike basically passed me on what I felt was the outside, still mm-hmm. kind of in the turn. And that's the only right. incident I had all day that would even raise an eyebrow. But other than that, what was, it was uh, fantastic. It was funny. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a cool morning, you know. And um, they made a point during the riders' meeting to say, everybody, take it easy. First couple laps, first couple sessions, take it easy. And sure enough, we get out of the pit. And the first turn's, what, Rich, 100 yards from where we where we maybe 100 yards. And on the first lap, first turn, somebody lays their bike down. No. First first turn. So that Just ruined cold the first tires, Straight, yeah. We, we got... Uh maybe about a third of a lap of actual hot lap and then 20 minutes sessions over. So that first session was kind of a, kind of a waste, but yeah, we did like two, two and a third parade laps essentially. And then when they finally turned it up, it was over. And it's a 2.2 mile, 2.3 mile track. So going 55 around there is not much fun. Right. So how many sessions were there altogether? Seven, seven. Okay. Yeah. So they started at they started running bikes at nine to noon, then they took an hour break and then from one to five, and it was mm-hmm. three groups, twenty minutes each. So anybody bring extra tires, extra gas, <laughs> just gas, and we both needed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think after, I think it was four or five sessions, I had used a full tank of fuel. No way. Yes way. <laughs> And really? I, I added another couple gallons to it and, and used that up too. So I, I, I figured it up. I used about seven gallons and I clocked about a hundred miles on the odometer. So it was getting twisted <laughs> pretty hard. <laughs> that a boy. I basically rode it in second, third, most of the day, because that's what second, really second and third. So basically third gear to the red line was about one twenty, give or take. And I would have only shifted into fourth just for a second or two in the places where I needed it. Alan, this question is for you. Did sure. Rich come out of that seat at all? Come out of he, the seat? Come out he, of the there seat? Was, uh, he, he got the butt cheek off a couple times. Uh, okay. and, and yeah, he, 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 had some, he had some good lean going. Okay. What, what's funny is that we were both talking about it afterwards when we saw the pictures is that we both thought we were you know, hanging off the bike, you know, pretty, pretty severe. And then we look at the pictures and we're almost straight up and down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that whole meme of, you know, you think you're doing this and you're actually doing this. And yeah, uh-huh. you know, so you see the yeah. pictures, Rico, I'm in the corner at like a, I don't know, I'll call it like a 30 degree <clears throat> angle, <laughs> but I'm like, it's, I'm a straight line. No, way. you've heard of counter counter steering. This is like counter leaning. You know, <laughs> bikes going right, bodies going left. You know, <laughs> no, not like that. I just mean like you know, I'm straight, and instead of uh-huh. leaning into the turn, like I'm just I'm one with the bike, like no extra. 
all my pictures from the you know 129 photos up on the dragon every single one of them they i'm I'm counter leaning for whatever reason so (laughs) yeah now i i will say i think the most of the pictures were early in the day because i'll admit the, the first session was a parade lap so that doesn't really count the second session i really wasn't comfortable and then the third one i started to get it then in the afternoon the first one after lunch i wasn't comfortable and then i got back into it and then i i felt like i really got cooking at that point and i wasn't necessarily moving my my butt off the seat but i was moving my body a lot you know getting my head down to the elbow that kind of thing and i felt like i was pushing the bike a lot more into the corners i was braking much later carrying brake into the corners that part was a lot of fun so trying to do a little bit of you know trail braking into the corners that was fun and that's kind of what I focus on. Once I learned to track, it's like I just, I'm going to stop the double shifting. I'm going to use second and third. I'm going to focus on good, smooth braking later and later into the turn and carry the brakes through the corner. And that felt really good. Nice. So what, what did you work on, Alan, being your third? Did you have a specific technique you were trying to work on? Or I know it was a new bike for you. It was, it was a new bike and I had only had maybe, maybe two or 300 miles on the bike, but honestly, I don't, I don't see a better way to learn a new bike than to take it on the track. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you can eliminate all other variables except for just you and the, the track, you know, so that's a great place to learn a new bike, but, um, you know, working on body positioning, don't touch the rear brake, uh, which I don't think I did the entire day. Um, just being, being, you know, smooth in and smooth out and just uh just having fun just having fun yeah i was uh i was surprised by that little uh little the street triple so it was uh i fell in love with that bike so that's a triumph street triple how many cc is that 675 675 okay nice it was fun because i was passing i mean I, I i by the end of the day i was i was i was turning some pretty good laps i think uh, i think my wife said i turned a a 201 which my best previous the last year was a two sixteen. Yeah. So so I was I was I was I was impressed. I was happy. Yeah. I would like to Rich, I was I was uh, pretty pretty impressed with how you did, especially for the first time on one on a on a track, right. you know. You yeah, got Kenny, really comfortable towards the end of the day. Yeah, Kenny clocked me at, when he was there at a two fifteen or two sixteen, but I would have really liked to know what it was in the afternoon because I've around session five six I felt really good. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Like we were just, and it goes by so fast. You, you you run your session, you come back, you don't even really take the suit off. You just kind of pull the top down, relax a little bit, drink some water, look at the tires, you know, clean them off a little bit, just kind of look the bike over. And then next thing you know, the intermediate group is out there and, and 20 minutes later, you're next. So yeah, you, you think, you, you think 40 minutes of downtime, you think 40 minutes is a lot, but then no. by the time you get your little routine it's it's just time to go i mean it's time to go again yeah get the bike what you guys use to scrape the tires with anything or just leave them you had a alan had a brush but you also had tire warmers so you had to brush them off clean correct correct and and where we where we parked at was in the sand so you come Uh up with sticky tires you're picking you're picking sand and rocks and stuff out of your tires so it's um Uh Yeah, just like a little stiff, like a tire brush. I mean, okay. they make some specific ones, you know, it's like a half round brush. Mm-hmm. So right. that's on the, um, that's on the wish list. 
I, I, I sent had, you the photos, I, didn't I had Enrico? One somewhere, Rich. Yeah, I forgot to give it to you with the bike. I had to find it still because when I was doing track days. There you go. I, I just texted you one of the tire pictures before I cleaned it off. <laughs> nice. All right. You can see all the garbage on it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this just brings back nostalgia. You know, just you know, just going out with a group of guys that just like the hot dog and just being able to tear up the track and just yeah, oh, just loving every minute of it and the good times and just learning. You know, so much during that whole process. You know, just like you said, just having mm-hmm. a whole track, a whole course to to rip and run and follow and, and lean and really get to know your bike. I mean, man, I'm getting chill bumps just thinking <laughs> about that. You know, it's just, it's amazing. Well, we're already talking about like uh, May 13th is VIR North course. Mm-hmm. North. So, and that's a Monday. So we were thinking, hmm, maybe that should be the next one. There you go. So. Uh, what else? Sorry, something else. Oh, the camaraderie is just what you were hitting on, Rico. Like, that was the best part was hanging out with Alan and your son was there and your dad and your wife showed up a little bit later. And mm-hmm. my brother Kenny came down and hung out with me and he went back and got Bryce and Cameron later in the day. So the last two sessions of the day, we had a big old crowd there. Nice. Yep. And plus Ape stopped by, you know, with the family. That was nice of him cool he was jones he wanted to be out there i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure now you want to do like barber right <laughs> all over again <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's that's on my list for sure this year i'm doing a track day at barber yeah so n2 n2 runs the, there in, uh, in october uh, october i think mm-hmm. yeah we got to do that and we've done the parade laps two or three times there and it's just painful. You're just going around there at parade speed. You're just like, you know, and now that I've actually done a track day, it's like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to go to Barber and get it <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Hold on, I'm slipping. We didn't put any coins in the cup. Make up for it. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah, the camaraderie was was amazing come off the track and we're talking about you know how the session was what we thought was good what needs to improve and i guess the only thing i didn't get out of it but i in in all fairness to n2 i did not ask for it so i know the riders the control riders there were for coaching and other things like that but i i probably should have gone out and talked to one of them a little bit you know, and just ask for some pointers or maybe, you know, follow me around a couple of laps because I did feel a little bit lost in the beginning, certainly, because it's like I'm pushing and I'm trying to do as much as I can, trying to put it all together. And I think I was, I took a tip from what you said, Alan, on your first time out where you were trying to do everything in one lap. So I just said, okay, let's focus on one thing. <laughs> I tried to implement every page of uh, twist of the wrist. Uh, <laughs> Uh, everything on the first lap and it was it was horrible it was terrible uh, that, that is one thing i guess i'd say about pre is that they're very proactive they make sure that they talk to every single rider yeah uh, in the group so but i, I guess maybe within two there was what that that uh the one lady she'd been riding for three weeks after, oh like yeah you know, and then yeah. she was out there on the track now she was going i mean a very very slow pace but 
hey, she was doing her thing. She was out mm-hmm. there. You know, nothing but respect for her. But the right? control riders did a good job with that, even if, you know, helping helping different riders get around the track, but also making gaps if, you know, faster riders want to go by. Because mm-hmm. there was one one time I was held off of a corner and then they let a bunch of, you know, faster bikes go by. And I was like, that's pretty cool. They're on, they're kind of like rolling traffic patrol, you know? Mm-hmm. And these riders are phenomenal, Rico. Like they're the fastest guys out there and they're backwards. They're looking right. back most of the day. Uh-huh. Like they're not even looking forward. It's like just phenomenal riders. Oh, yeah. loving it. Loving it. You'll get there. We'll get You'll there. get there. But Alan, I'm going to brag on him a little bit. He got some kudos after the last what? session. All right. So, so did they cover the speedometer at all for you guys? Were you just looking at the tech? Or no, did you guys not do that? I didn't cover it, but I also didn't look. Okay. I only what really focused you, on the tech. I, I didn't cover it this time because I guess I had learned my mistake. But uh, the first time last year when I was there on my old VFR, um, I just about ran off the track going full speed because I was looking at the speedometer not the, uh, the, uh-huh. the breaking marker. So uh-huh. I, I covered it up then just to kind of teach myself. But after that, I kind of, you know, kind of, kind of learned from that mistake. So I looked at it, I glanced at it a couple of times, but I knew that th- there were other things to look at too. So right. it wasn't, it wasn't that big. It wasn't, it wasn't that big of a distraction. Okay. Yeah. I really, so I, one of the, two of the things I worked on, I already talked about the breaking, but I also worked on, right. on vision, making sure I'm, you know, when I'm in the straightaway, I'm looking for the apex. Just like right. Brian said when he was on the show, like once I'm through the apex, I'm looking down a straightaway, you know. Right. And I was constantly reminding myself to keep looking forward, keep looking for the next thing. You know, don't try to look behind you, none of that stuff. Right. And yeah, I peeked at the the speedometer just a couple of times, but I really just looked at the tack and, and my next point on the track that I wanted to hit. Uh-huh. It's kind of like what I was telling John, you know, when, cause you know, when you focus in on the corner and looking down at the road, instead of around the corner mm-hmm. and, and through it, you know, you lose the speed and the confidence, I guess, when you're riding. Yeah. Well, the sensation of speed can throw you off when you look down. Right. You know, you need to look ahead to the next point uh-huh. and kind of the old adage of, you know, you go where you're looking. So, uh, Exactly. If you're looking down at the apex, you're just driving to the apex, and then what? Mm -hmm. No, now you're now you're through it. You need to be looking on down the straightaway. Right, right. So did you got did you guys feel yourself doing that a lot of the times, or no? Did you were you kind of hell bent on staying focused and getting through the exercise? In the beginning, it was it was hard for me to put it all together. Because just like Alan was saying, I'm trying to implement anything and everything I've read in the last year in the first two terms. And it's just too much. You know, it's like, we got to learn the track. Okay, so let's let's first understand the turns. You know, this is a left turn and a straightaway, then a right turn, and then a long sweeping right. Get to where you can just go around the track without thinking about what's coming next. And then just focus on... What, what like what N2 said in the driver's meeting, focus on um, breaking at the right time, turning in at the right time, hitting the apex, and then getting off out to the, the appropriate part of the track. And, and that was actually their criteria to move up to intermediate. It had nothing to do with speed. It's just, were you predictable and consistent on the track with your behavior? 
Mm. And that would get you up to the next group. Cool. Was there a video at all regarding the track and the egg packs and all that, the markers and all that? No, what they did is what they did is they said the first the first two laps of the first session, they were gonna go really slow and they wanted everyone to just follow the lead rider because they were gonna show you the line. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, keep it at like a third of the of a pace lap. And it's like the lead rider is going to turn in where you should turn in. They're going to ride to where the apex is, and then they're going to move to where you should be at exit. So the, for the first lap, that's all we did is we went around slow and we were supposed to just follow them to learn the line. And then they were going to pick up the speed and they had, I'm trying to remember what was it, Alan, the first two laps of each session in the first two sessions, no passing. And then they, then they released that. How how many how how many bikes were on the track that you had to follow in the in your in your group? How many bikes in your group that you were following? I think no more than eight. So they only put out like eight at a time. Okay. So and if there was, were, it, was it, everybody hitting the mark, or were, did you see the leader bike, and then you were watching everybody go through the turn, and you went through the turn? Honestly, most of the day there were not many bikes in front of me. So, yeah, there were times when I were when I was following other bikes, I did try to follow their line through the turn, especially if it was a control rider in the pack. Mm-hmm. So I would try to to take the line that they took because that's that's their job, right? That they had to show you the the good line, or they may be showing somebody a different line, but you know that's. It's still something that, that I, I tried to follow. If there was a control rider in sight, I tried to do what they were doing. Now, did you try to do their lean? Or was there a lot of lean in that? Were they looking forward and off the bike and going through that? Or were they kind of riding like you were, just kind of straight up and down and just leaning the bike over? I think people were all over the place. I mean, some people were leaned way off, other people a little bit. You know, there were a couple of riders like me that weren't, they were kind of riding straight up and down. Uh-huh. So it was what about kind you, of all Al? over the place. How'd you feel? Had some had some pretty good lean. Yeah, and like I said, what they did with the the control riders is they'd have you know about about eight you know following following a control rider, and it, on the the first couple laps that they were doing, they really they didn't even have enough speed to be able to have any so sort lean of bike. lean. Yeah, right. yeah they'd, they'd fall off. You know, if they mm-hmm. tried tried to lean going that slow. Well, Rico, regardless of what I look like on the bike, I got it scrubbed all the way to the edge. So <laughs> that a boy. <laughs> That's all that matters, right? It is shredded and torn he, he all the it, way to the edge. Use it all, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. The front one too. Well, the yeah. front one lacks uh, maybe a quarter inch. That's all right. I didn't get I'll the last it. little bit of the front wheel and there's so much more to the right than there is to the left that the left side of the tires still have the little nubs on it. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that, that, that kind of takes me to the next question. What was your favorite left or right? Which one did you kind of preferred, you know, where you leaned the bike a little bit more than you normally would yeah. going the other way? I realized very quickly that I turn way better to the right than I do to the left. And it's not even close. Really? I don't I don't want to speculate, but in the turn 13, mm-hmm. I got to where I was going second gear, wide open, braking at like the third flag stick. 
So it was like five to one. And carrying that break pretty heavily all the way into the corner and just kind of clipping the inside rumble strip and then getting back in the throttle. I felt really good in that corner. It was flat. It was low speed. Mm-hmm. But I was carrying a ton of brake into it, and that was probably my would have been my best chance of getting the knee down. Now, did you find yourself wanting to use less brake or trying to use less brake and just using engine brake instead? No, I used more and more as the day went on. Okay, yeah, typically carry carrying the speed more speed and carrying the speed deeper, yeah, deeper into the braking zone. Yeah, find find using more speed. That's what we were talking about earlier. Is that you know, a, a lot of, of the riders were coasting, letting off the throttle, coasting for 100 yards before they started braking. And it should be, you know, breaking throttle really over, hard at know. the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I started like that. I started, you know, getting out of the throttle, coasting, and then just braking lightly and just rolling on into the corner. And then as the day went on, like I said, I, I coasted less. I braked later. I braked harder. And that's where I think that's where my confidence came up mm-hmm. because I was, I was kind of running out of revs in third gear. You know, the, yeah. the whole trick I was saying where I was, yeah, I was trying to stop. I was trying not to shift twice essentially because that was the other corner I overcooked. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. So I was on the front stretch and I come off the last turn and I'm, I'm about to shift up and go down the straightaway and there was a control rider there who motioned me in behind him. So I was like, okay, no problem. I pull in behind him. I'm still kind of in the gas because he's going pretty quick. And he basically pulled me and another rider over to let a fast group go by. And then like three or four, you know, high, you know, fast bikes went by and then he waved me by. Well, at this point I'm so much farther down the straightaway than I thought I was. And I was a gear lower than I was because I was slower. So mm-hmm. when I rolling down into turn one, I'm thinking I'm knocking it down in the second. I knocked it down into first. And of course, oh. hopped the rear tire and the revs went through the roof. And uh-huh. I puckered a lot. That's definitely a, that's <laughs> yeah. a pucker factors uh, is, is a 10 on that one. Because <laughs> now I'm like, I, I don't know, I'm down at like the three, two stick and the rear wheels chattering and uh-huh. you know, it's bouncing off the rev limiter and yeah. I've got a left hand corner coming up, which I suck at anyway. Suck. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, man, I, this is it. This is my moment right here. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> nah, Cause there's only what there's two, two left hand turns on the whole track. Yeah. That are worth anything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, really at, at all, you know, everything else is our, our rights. Um, so it's, it's, it's that track, but spe- specifically it's easier to get comfortable doing right-hand turns, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. I think I'm more comfortable, you know, trying to hang off the bike on, on doing a right-hand turn yeah. versus the left. I don't know if that has to do with, you know, being right-hand dominant or just, uh, I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Well, my other yeah. favorite part of the track Rico is there's, I was talking about that part where I got passed on the outside. Uh-huh. So you're leaning right. And you're on the gas for a long time, and this is leading up to the kink, Alan. Oh, the kink. So that <laughs> that right hand straightaway leading up to the kink, you're leaning right, but you're on the gas, so you're kind of turning, but it's kind of a straightaway. And that's why the tire gets so chewed up on the right, because you know, you're going over 100 miles an hour, and you're wide open throttle, and you're still leaning to the right. Mm-hmm. And that that was 
some of the most fun parts of the track for me is you come around that slow carousel. So it's a forever right-hand turn. It's more than 90 degrees, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, around, it's always it comes, almost 180. comes back on itself. Yeah. Uh, that's what it means, more than 180, because you come back more than – you almost come back towards the starting point, and then you haul down that straightaway downhill, and then when you come make that next hard right, that next section all the way to the kink is so much fun because you're just on the gas, on the gas, and you're, you're kind of lean to the right. That part's fun because it's really fast at that part of the track. And, and, and that turn, the kink that he's talking about, it, it's just this little small right-hander. But I don't know. I've got a mental block <laughs> on that one where it, it you can carry a, a lot of speed. You can probably carry 110 plus. But it looks like a corner. When you're coming it down the straightaway, like Rico, it looks like you have to take a turn. Uh-huh. But all you really need to do is move right, clip it, and then run out to the left and you can carry all your speed and then start breaking. <laughs> but every single time I'm scrubbing off speed, I'm down to 80, 85 miles an hour taking that. No. And I'm just cussing in my helmet every single time. <laughs> Cause you're Take coming off speed. that fun, right? You know, you're leaning yeah. right. You're on the throttle. You're going fast. And then you finally get it straight. And then you see the uh, kink and you're trying to tell yourself it's not that I bad. Can, it's not that bad. Right. And then ah, I'm off the gas. I'm on the brake. Oh. I can't do it. Every, I'm on the brake. Every single time. Every single time. <laughs> every single time. I don't have the stones. I'm on the break. <laughs> and then you take it like a regular corner. And then right. instead of now breaking for the hard left, you end up having to speed up again because mm-hmm. everybody's going by you. Right. Oh, it's, it's too, it's too funny. Mm. Now what I, what I found, and I do this to this day, even when we ride like the twisties, when I'm on the Indian, I run, I pound straight, just pound. I break both brakes hard before the turn and then i gas it through the turn and this is how i get through a lot of the twisties and i'm leaving you guys behind yeah. that's how i ride i just pound it pound it pound it and i slam it hard both brakes before i get to the turn and then throttle through yeah. that's how i ride that's how i was taught to ride and that's how i i rode the six that's how i ride the indian now and that's it's just drilled into me. That's how I ride it. And the faster, the better I get at that, the faster I'm able to take a lot of the corners, yeah. even on a bigger bike. And I think it's just, it makes riding that much more fun because on the six, Alan, I don't know what you were riding. I don't know how that, that bike feels, but on the six, I can rock and roll in those corners on that bike all day long. I don't care how fast you're going. I'm keeping up with you and I'm going to try to pass you. I mean, in a corner if I can, because that bike is so, um, I feel so confident on that bike to be able to lean it left or right. And, and Rich, you'll get there when you're going left, uh, just as, as good as you're going right. But, um, I, that bike loves corners and mm-hmm. it doesn't care how much gas you get or how fast you think you can't go it'll take it it's it's sure-footed that bike is so sure-footed once you hit that corner in that eight and you lean it over and you just lay on the throttle a little bit more 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 man and once you get comfortable with doing that now i think what it is is on that bike once you lean over and once you come out the seat and you're and you're pressing down yep. on your foot pegs and your bike is digging in and you're just like, wow, I can so do that faster next time. It's, 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 it's like this rush. That's how I can tell Rico that the pictures, most of the, the pro photos that were shot were earlier in the day because most of the photos 
my feet are on the pegs like I'm street riding. Mm-hmm. And in all the afternoon sessions, I was up on the balls of my feet. There you go. Because that's one another thing that, that Ape was telling me. He's like, get on the balls of your feet, you know, point your toe out to the mm-hmm. corner that you're going on and press down on that inside peg. He's like, that'll help you turn the bike too. And, and that definitely did help. And then, and then staying off the rear brake was just, mm-hmm. just, just don't, don't touch that damn thing. Don't, mm-hmm. don't touch it. No, <laughs> don't touch it. If you're going to touch it, I mean, if you're going straight, slam on it hard. Cause that's, you know, another 30% of your p- stopping power. Yeah. That's what I do. I, but hit, then you got to, if get I'm out. going straight when I get the corner, yeah, I come out of it, but I'm slamming on it hard to, to slow the bike down enough to take the corner. But from that point on, it's all front brake. It's up until I get to the corner while I'm using both brakes. But once I get to the corner and I'm turning in, it's all front brake. The thing that's how I ride. The thing that surprised me about that bike, and and I think preparation goes into it because, as you know, I rebuilt the forks. You know, I Mm -hmm. I put new brake pads in it, fresh fluid. Like the bike was just dynamite, ready to go, and. It's it's just something going over 100 miles an hour and standing on the brakes, and the bike is just going in a complete straight line. Mm-hmm. It didn't waver. It didn't wiggle. I mean, I felt like I could stand a bike up on one wheel and carry it into the corner. Like, yeah, it was that can, And you can. And you can. <laughs> <laughs> you can. And then on the gas, like, coming out of a corner and just whack it, you know, and mm-hmm. full throttle, give it another gear, give it third gear. Yeah, yeah. And it's yep. pulling, pulling, pulling. I mean, it. It doesn't pull the front wheel, you know, like a leader bike, but right. it, it feels pretty darn close. Yeah. And that's one thing about that six that I just love the most is because you can take the corner and accelerate in a, in a lot of those corners where those leader bikes, they're going to spin out. And I've done it and I've tried to do it on, because my brother had the R1 and the Jixxer 1000 and I could not for the life of me mm-hmm. ha- do what I could do on the R6 on those bikes at all because, like you said, the front wheel was coming up, the the rear end got squirrely. Yeah, it's just it, too it's, much to it's, handle. It's too much to handle, and the R6 is just enough bike to really cut loose. It is a sweetheart. A of, it is. It really is a sweetheart. And I had it. it you talk about chill bumps shifting that thing at fourteen thousand more than yes. once in a straightaway. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, the adrenaline that gets pumping when you can shift that thing that high in the rev range. Yep. And it's yep. like, oh, brother, you better be hanging on to this thing. Right. And the leader bikes are just trying to keep up with you at that point because you're gassing it all the way up to 14. And they're like, you know, they're at 12 and, you know, 13, 11. You shifting. Know, shifting, you know, and you're just, uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I probably frustrated a lot of people because I'm sure I was slow in the corner. But there wasn't many passing me down a straightaway. I can tell you that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know that that comes with more confidence and more uh-huh. more of those sessions. But when you when you get faster in those corners, brother, when you get that confidence behind those turns, yeah, there there, there won't be no stopping you. You'll be rock solid, no time flat. If you keep doing these track days, forget about it. You'll be phenomenal. Can't wait, Johnny John. We put you to sleep, buddy. Oh man, enjoy your race talk. All right, what else we got? What else we got? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think of some other good nuggets. I guess uh, I did want to talk a little bit that preparation I thought was key. 
the all the time I spent on the bike was worth it, making sure the bike was in good shape. You know, no oil leaks, you know, new chain, new brakes, brand new tires, new gaskets. I love those Michelin <laughs> tires too, by the way. Those things, they heated up quick and they were sticky. Nice. Um, yeah. And then the only other thing I was going to buy is, uh, I wanted to buy a new helmet because I was, I did not want to, for fear of going, putting the bike down, I didn't want to scratch up my custom helmet. So I was going to buy another helmet, but I ended up buying the, the one piece leather suit instead. And it was about the same money. So, <laughs> cause that was only 400 bucks. Yeah. Maybe for Christmas, mama would get it for you. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, let's try to see what else. Any other tips, Alan, anything Alan, else what you got? You got to share being prepared. And as you saw, I, I, I bring literally everything to the track. So, you know, just, uh, I'd rather, over prepared and just have fun i mean just go out there and just just have fun be loose um just enjoy it you know i don't think you know i hear a lot of people say that you know once they do track days they kind of start giving up street riding i don't think i'm to that point but it it is amazing how how much more relaxed you can be on a track because you can just shut off that part of your brain that's Mm -hmm. that's looking for sand that's looking for dogs that's looking for teenagers on their cell phone and you know, looking for cops and everything else. So it's just, you can just, just focus on, on the track and on yourself. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's a blast. I'm, I'm, I know I'm hooked. My, my first ride on the street was actually today. And I have to say as much as I love riding the interceptor, it was painful because I'm like, this is so slow. Like last time I was riding a bike, I was just ripping it. And then you've got traffic and the road's terrible mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, uh, I had a rough ride to work today. Oh, actually a rough ride home. It took me forever. It took me forever, oh. including some lane splitting. That's how bad the traffic was. Wow. It's ridiculous. Up in Morrisville, right? That way, towards that way, up north. Yeah. It got heavier when I got back into Charlotte, which it's been quiet this week because it's well, spring break last week for Mecklenburg County, and then the counties to the north is this week. So the traffic's been fairly light all week, but this afternoon was just miserable. Mm. Just miserable. So I, I know. a little warm, too. So you guys want to take a breather and drink your beer? We got we to gotta thank a few people. Go ahead. All right. Well, let's take a moment here and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And of course, we do that by thanking the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That would be the first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Thank you, fellas. Slack Pack is going to be Chuck, Nobby Tire, Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, Chad, and a new member. We have Larry Hollyfield. And from here on out, he will be known as the NC Rambler. So thank you, Larry, <laughs> for your support. We appreciate it. And he's local, Rico. We'll get to hang out with him here before long. Awesome. Barbershop is Stephen and Jacob. Loud Pipes Racing is Mr. Sean Birch. Thank you for that. And he's kind of lonely. Don't forget. He needs uh, he needs some more company in there. <laughs> then the big group. We have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, Bronco Ride, Rich, Joe, Tony, Jed's Moto, Scott, and another new member, we want to welcome Tim Arnold to the Riders of Loud Pipes. 
Um, thank you also for your support. And I got to meet up with Tim at the congregation show back on the 13th. And I also saw him at Indian, uh, Indian Motorcycles of Charlotte for the Thin Blue Line unveiling. And last group, Darren, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, Kale and David are the insiders. We appreciate all the support, no matter the size. And if you would like to show your support and join this group, please, please visit loudpipes.net slash donate and check out all we have in there to offer. All right, Hogan, Johnny John, we got some feedback. What? Mm-hmm. I heard. Seems some people like the spoken wheel from the last episode. So Phil reached out to us. Uh, I think this was through email or through the contact page. And he said the spoken wheel topic, helmets and other gear, has got to be one of the most important and useful podcasts ever. What? Ever. <laughs> Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> He said, fantastic content and discussion that has to be beneficial and edifying to anyone who listened. It definitely was for me. I listened twice. Keep it up. Nice. That a boy. What do you think of that one? Thanks, Phil. Yes, Much thank love. You. Much love. We also have some feedback from Glenn Ruger. This is also from the feedback forum. He says, hello, fellas. New subscriber here. I just listened to the first time last night and having heard Liza mention you on the Misfits podcast. So thank you, Liza, for that. Appreciate it. Yay. He thoroughly enjoyed the show, which may not have been the latest. Um, but what really got him was he knew the mystery sport tour right away. He what? had been researching those VFR beauties. <laughs> <laughs> so he knew what it was right away. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was pretty cool. He does have one negative, although I think this is probably a good thing, but he says he listens to podcasts to kind of shut his eyes um, and take out the distractions from the day and sort of fall asleep. But he said, listening to us, he was so jazzed and entertained, he couldn't fall asleep. So I think that's, that's a compliment. What's that is a compliment. <laughs> good. That's awesome. And I think Alan told me this. The VFR is known as the Gentleman's Express. Nice. Or the Gentleman's Sport Bike or something like that. The Gentleman's Sport Bike, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Glenn, for that, and Phil as well. We appreciate it. Uh, keep the feedback coming. We have some more in the queue that I'll I'll add to the next the next episode for sure. Let's see what else we have on the U-turn topics. I think that's it. John, John, you going to give us a preview on Austin? There was a great time in Austin. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Let's we got to set it up properly, properly. All right, we went to John went to Austin for. Two fantastic events. I did. Not one. The only U.S. stop for MotoGP. Correct. Which is fantastic in its own right. And he also went to the Handbuild Show, presented by Revival. I did. And I'll put it this way. The Handbuilt Show is the, I would say, as all the, all the shows, the best show. Mm. What? Like, the drop best. the mic, all done? All done. The best. Wow! It was just the bikes and just the atmosphere and just everything was just awesome. So what? All right, now the boys at the congregation. We hadn't talked about that show yet, so settle down. Uh, no, settle down. Really? <laughs> what? Uh, 
That's awesome. Tell me more, John. Tell me more, big guy. Give us a little teaser. <sighs> Teasers. Wait, all I want to know is, did the 93 win? Wait, spoiler alert. Don't wait. Spoiler alert. <laughs> MotoGP results. If you don't want to know, don't listen. Yeah, don't listen. Uh, and the race. Uh, no, uh, Marquez 93 did not wreck. Ah, did, yes. Uh, when he wrecked, in fact, um, he had a four to four and a half second lead coming into turn 12. And I'll also put it this way. So we're going to more GP. We're going to talk about this in a future episode. The, if you want to go to Austin, turn 12, mm. turn 15 is That's the best the one. And you get the special parking. We had special parking that we finally found out. I'll, I'll say the racing was good. The organization and information with the people in the gates and volunteers was clueless. It took us until Saturday to figure out where we had we had special parking and we didn't <laughs> find out Saturday where the special parking was. And what was really cool was right in front of the gate to go into turn fifteen. So it was like bam. Um turn fifteen was awesome because you get to see eleven or uh coming out of eleven, coming down the back stretch into twelve. 13, 14, 15, you could turn your head, you could see 16. Hmm. So, um, so anyways, yes, uh, your 93, Marquez decided to had a four and a half second lead and came into 12 and lost it. Oh, well, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not celebrating that he crashed. I'm just celebrating that somebody else won. So I'm not, I'm not that much of a jerk. Right. Um, (laughs) not today anyways. But I'll go in at this aspect. I don't know. I heard some information through some stuff on the um, media, and I was trying to figure it out. Was um, I heard the Honda bikes had some gearbox issue, mm. and literally like one or two laps later, the other guy that ri- I don't and no, I don't follow MotoGP, so don't. Yeah, I, whoever rides the other Honda Rustle actually came into 12 and kind of coasted and was done. So both of them went out. That's the same th- problem they had at the Isle of Man. So um, that put, uh, oh man, who was it that got tossed off a bike? Same thing. The bike just all of a sudden went into neutral. At like a, They had some issue going into first, something with first gear. Uh, at the Isle of Man, uh, is either this past year or the year before, they were just hopping out of gear. And yeah. I will say uh, Suzuki had a very good day because they won the MotoGP, which was uh, Renz. And then um, in Moto America, Suzuki won that race as well. Okay. So there's a little spoiler alert. You follow uh, any racing, Alan? I don't know if that's really your thing, if you watch much of that. I, I'm starting to. I, I just I wish you could get MotoGP on, on TV like NASCAR, you know. I just I haven't found... I've been looking. I just hadn't hadn't found where you can actually watch it at. I think they changed the TV package. I don't even know who carries it now, but um, I subscribe to the Moto America app that they have. So it's Moto America Live Plus or something like that it's called. And you can watch them live, but then, of course, you can watch them all in replay on your phone or tablet or computer or whatever. So that works pretty good. I've watched most of the Atlanta races. And I will say that the the Supersport race at Atlanta, the 600 class, 
was phenomenal. The swapping for the lead, the back and forth. It was awesome to watch that. And I haven't watched the big super bike races yet, so I can't And I will, I will say that um, I know other people talk about seeing the Moto 2s and Moto 3s, so that was there as well. They really put on a good show. I mean, it's really fun to watch them. Um, so you thought Moto 2 was more fun? Or 3? Um, yeah, because uh, MotoGP, I mean, it got out to be... A, well, if Marquez stayed in it, it was going to be... Like a five-second lead, yeah. I mean, we weren't even in, I think, 12 laps, and he already had a five-second lead. Yeah, see, that's not racing. That's like, that's the, kind of the whole reason I don't like Formula One. It's like, and then it's parade laps. And <laughs> then when, um, <laughs> I when, speed Marquez, when Marquez went rolling out, it was uh, Rossi and uh, Renz actually were having a toe-to-toe battle, which was really exciting to watch. Yeah. I don't know if you ever told us, Rico, when you were riding the R6, did you watch any racing or no? I did, but that's been a while ago, so I couldn't tell you what. Yeah. And a lot, and a lot of times, too, you know, I was riding with a, with a bunch of the stunt riders at the time. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I was big into at the time. A lot of highway wheelies and stoppies and showing out. So. Gotcha. It's a whole different, whole different atmosphere at that, at that point. So to get back to the next track day, Alan, the, uh, what is it? Moto America is running on the 4th, John, May 4th. 4th and 5th are running Moto America at VIR. 4th and 5th. So I was thinking about taking the kids up there. And if I do that, that'll, I think that'll make it hard for the 13th. Not impossible, but it'll make it difficult. Which like I said, for the Moto America, I'm, I'm You're volunteering there. Corners, right? Yeah. With, with PRE. So. I do get free tickets for that. So if you, if you want it, just let me know. And I can, <clears throat> I can free tickets hook that up, sir. You want to go Rico? I mean, you get there. Alan. It's two tickets. What's that? I mean, yeah, yeah, two tickets. Okay. Uh, I think it's, it was one each and it's me and a buddy of mine. And he, you know, so we've got, I've got two, two free tickets for the whole weekend. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to go with a buddy of mine here. Him and I are going to go up and he's, we're going to, uh, Cage because he's going to take his little five-year-old daughter with us. So, so we're going to go up. I and mean, that's only on Saturday. So that's why I was thinking of taking the boys, Rico, is just since John's going in the car, we'll do the same. We'll just hop in the car and ride up there. Yeah. We're heading up, heading up Friday with a camper and, you know, just, just going to spend the weekend. We get free camping on, on site. So it'll be fun. It'll be my first time ever doing something like this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Which uh, and I think it'd be really cool. And I think if I'm right, since you know doing it, um, in in Austin, which really touched me, and I get more about the event in Austin and MotoGP, is that you know at end of the race, uh, all the corner workers came out and greeted all the racers, which I thought was really awesome. And then um, I want to think it was Moto America that one of the riders actually went around to every corner worker and high-fived him i mean he sat on his bike but went really slow and like you know they're there so i think you'll see that which is, I, I thought was i thought that was classy yeah yeah you know it's like showing respect and it was really cool to see i'm like you know rich we talk about nascar and watching it you know you don't see that in nascar yeah well you had the reverse salute i mean it's, yeah they're not getting out 
thanking everybody, but well, yeah, but you only see the winner go out. Only right. the winner would would do something. In motorcycle, all of them finish off the lap and go around. Got it. So, no, that's cool. Kind of like a wave lap for um, dirt cars. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool too. What the dirt cars do. Yeah. So, yeah. they'll send off four wide, which is really awesome. Cool. So yeah, we have a future episode coming up. Um, we're going to get a couple people that went to Austin with John and we're going to make an episode out of that. Talk about the GP race, the hand-built show, all the cool bikes you guys saw and probably a couple of the shenanigans too. Yeah, there's some shenanigans. I'm sure with John in the house, there's got to be some shenanigans. Oh, uh, so me. go ahead, brag a little bit. What, what iron butts did you get? Oh, so, um, I was planning on, uh, so the iron butts I completed, I completed the bun burner 1500. So I left here and that's 1500 miles in 36 hours. Okay. It's actually, um, my odometer was 1594 and I did it in 35, no 34 and no 35 and 25 minutes. So what is it? 1500 miles in 36 hours, 36 hours. Okay. And what I did was actually the first day I actually completed the, another saddle sore 1000 where it's a thousand miles in 24 hours. And I did that. And I think 17 hours. That's amazing. Yeah. You were moving then. <laughs> right. I had, I had a lot of really good timing and traffic because I actually left out like three o'clock in the morning and I came down around Charlotte down um, to Columbia, down back down to 95 through Jacksonville and then on I 10 and across. And uh, so you, know, you just, did which one, Alan? The coast to coast? I've done five total. Um, a couple saddle sores, the, the bun burner gold, which is 1500 miles in 24 hours, right? Which is, which is, which was hard. And then the coast to coast to coast. What do they call that? There's coast to coast. Coast The CCC 100. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I actually thought as much time as I was making doing the thousand, I thought, could I try for the 15 and 24 and it had been hard to do. And I actually called my wife and I'm like, how much farther should I go? And all these things. And I just said, if I stop and eat, I'm going to be done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That one, you really, you don't have time for you. you literally, you have time for fuel and that's it. Um, yeah. and I finished with, I think 13 minutes to spare. Oh, wow. Yeah, doing that. It was uh, from Fort Mill down to Miami, and then back up. Yeah, the, the I, what I've kind of learned is it, it's the route you plan is very. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, going, is. going like I would not go down ninety five because there's too many major cities. Yeah. Um, when I went across I ten, I mean it was like nothing. My problem on. The second day, the last 500, took me a lot longer than I planned, and I had to go through Houston, and I-10 had had uh, three sections of construction that I hit. Yeah, you uh, got to figure out where there's no construction, try to avoid the traffic zones. 
and find stretches of road, you can go like a bat out of hell. Well, what's really fun is when you get out to Texas, speed limits go up. And in fact, I hit one road in Texas where the speed limit was 85 miles an hour. The speed limit was 85? Elon was 85. Nice. Yeah, I-10, I- once you get west of San Antonio, it's it's 85. Awesome. And it's just, it's just wide open. And uh, I hit triple digits once, and that was just to say I did. And that was, but I just, I kept it. The bike I had had cruise control, but it was limited to 80 miles an hour. So I <laughs> literally set it at 80 miles an hour, and I just poked along. So. <laughs> nice. But you also, what you got to look at is fuel consumption goes way up way once down. you hit, you know, way, yeah, way, yeah, way down once you hit triple digits. So then you're stopping. Whereas, yeah, your typical range may be 200 miles at normal speeds, it drops down to 150. So you're actually not saving any time, yeah. yep. you know, hit, hitting those faster speeds. So it's a, it's a, it's a balance, you know. And like you said, the, the planning the route out for me, that's half the fun is is working out the logistics. Yeah, yeah. You know, for weeks on end beforehand. So. Yeah, it's a lot of preparation and stuff to get ready for. It's- mm-hmm. John likes that stuff too, the planning and the prepping. So I, I can see where this appeals to you, John, not just for the riding aspect, but also the planning. So it, it's perfect. Well, the interesting thing was I was actually going to try to do the uh, the iron butt coming back instead of out. And I changed it like two days before because A, we got the rain. And then I start. I don't know, I was just feeling kind of nervous or something about it. So I changed it, and afterwards I was thankful because on Sunday I was out in the sun all day for the race, and I got Saturday, Monday morning to come back, and I didn't feel like getting up and going. So it was kind of a smart move. Got it. You know, as much as I've said, I never... Or not never, but I have no interest in doing any of these long rides. Yeah. The more I look at the calendar and the planning for our July trip up to Gettysburg, yeah, I think I might try it on the way home. Are you, you're going all the way up to your parents' house, right? I don't think I am. I don't think I'm going to have time. So I think when I leave Sunday, I may just try to ride a thousand miles until I like just go west a little more and then south and then see if I can. Click off a thousand miles. Well, if you want to do it, I'll do it with you. Maybe. I've been thinking about it. But the problem is I want to, I want to make a stop if I go west. <laughs> and that, that's not going to play into the challenge. Yeah. But we'll see. I've been giving it some thought. The more I look at the, the route coming back from there, I was like, I could go all the way across Pennsylvania, like towards Ohio, and then kind of come down and, then come up over the mountains and back towards Charlotte. Right. We'll see. Okay. Maybe. All right. Anything else you want to share? John, John? I'm good right now. Hogan, you got anything going on? Uh, not meeting up with you this weekend. Saturday. Yeah. Let's do the, it's called the meltdown vintage motorcycle festival. And Mr. Allen may try to join us, but he's okay. got to leave later. We're, we're going to try. We got a baseball game at, at eleven, so it it might not leave a lot of time. So we'll we'll see. Nice. Well, the event I found out it's not early. It's noon to eight. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a later event. So I might actually do some karate stuff with the kids in the morning and then head out. Yeah, so, it's a 
it's a three hour, three and a half hour ride for me. So I'll get up early. Eight o'clock ish should put me there about noon. As long as the weather holds, then yeah, it should be fun. Let's see what's Hendersonville. It should be nice. It should be probably 75. Yeah, I think that's what the weather's calling for. And I'm, I want to run up to Asheville too. So after we leave there, I'm going to head north to hit Asheville for a day and head back before I head back to Atlanta. Gotcha. Let's see. Hendersonville. So I'm going to take, green. yeah, I'm going to take, uh, I want to do the Caesar's head, mm. go through Bavard and come that way. Oh, right now it's large hail, wind damage and a tornado. Shut threat. up. That's what no it way. says right now. <laughs> what? Where? For today. Hendersonville. I'm not, that's not what? for the weekend. That's like right now. Oh, shut up. That's unheard of. I don't know where that is. I don't know. This, this, this is the scare channel. They have crap all over the place. Like, <laughs> you know, you're going to die. It's extreme weather. Also known as the weather channel. <laughs> Friday, thunderstorm. So Saturday, mostly sunny. 73. Oh, beautiful. Oh, best day to ride. Starting off at 47. That's a little nippy, but hey, take it. I'll take it. So yeah, let's do that. I don't know that I'll be there by noon, but I will definitely be there. That's all right. You will get to see my new bike, which we need to come up with a name for. Right. Or, or as, uh, I think Alan and I kind of decided that day I spent like four hours in his shop looking at the bike. (laughs) (laughs) I think it, it takes the title of the mistress from the deuce. What? I think so. What about the redhead? Well, but I'm saying it, it fills the role of that bike once that bike is gone. So I think it takes a name. It's, it's true. Okay. Uh, from last week's podcast, I don't know if you mentioned it, but Mad Max, I like that one because his car was the Interceptor. So. Mad Max. <laughs> oh, that's true. Mad Max. That's, that's, that's a strong one right there. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's got potential. <laughs> License plate. I already got the plate. It's just a sad number. Sad number. <laughs> I I may get a vanity plate for this one. I the the vibe is strong on this one, so I may put a vanity plate on it. Why not? See, once you once you get do an iron butt, you get that little plate to put under the plate. A little protector, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, I got that. Yeah, that's that's important right there. And you rock that, uh you rock that everywhere, so that's that's yep. instant respect. It's on the website. Yeah, my plate now, Rico, it's like numbers and letters that mean nothing. I, I'm staring at it trying to come up with some affiliation, but no, it's nothing. Nothing. So I need one that's cool that says like like V4, not Ducati, or something like that. <laughs> 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 or maybe I should just get a plate that says Ducati and see. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> N- no duck. <laughs> that's hilarious four greater than two something like that the symbol (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah I was talking with a guy at work today he's got a big roadmaster like yours Rico he does like I think he says 75 miles one way to work nice but yeah he was he was oogling over the interceptor there you go it's like wow that looks nice I'm like yeah it's a 2014 He's like, what? 
It's brand new. Yeah. I got to tell you, you know, even, what was it, four, it's been four years now. I still love my bike. Do you? It's good. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, to put it in the words, it's like, <laughs> it's like riding down a road on a couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the man couch for sure. Rico's got the Roadmaster, Alan. Okay. Okay. Indian yeah. Roadmaster. It is literally the man couch. It, it, literally, it is. And it's so comfortable that, you know, I just enjoy riding that. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about that bike that just is comfortable. With a brown you seat know? and everything. With a brown seat and everything. The, yeah. the, the, the light tan leather seats. That's it. Yep. They're, they're, those are gorgeous. That's probably the prettiest bikes on the road now. You know, I, I, you know just at the gas station today when I stopped to play the lottery and b- before the show, I wanted to go play the lottery. I was telling Rich, I was like, I, I got to run out and play the lottery right quick. I'll be right back. And um, I spent like 10 minutes talking to this guy about the bike. Now, you know, you can probably play through the app. Yeah, you can play through the phone. North Carolina has that. I can buy tickets from my phone. Really? Oh, that's no fun. What do you mean? Uh, there's no, there's no excuse know. to ride then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, when you, you know, want. I need, a, I need a gas, too. I want to. You know, put gas in it so I don't have to stop to drive up to Hendersonville tomorrow I, uh, or this weekend. Just get on it and go. You know, I got my helmet charged up. You know, I got my clothes set out. I got my bag almost packed and I'm ready to rock and roll. So you're going to go up Saturday and then you're going to go to Asheville and spend the night? Yeah, I think I'm going to spend the night in Asheville. Yep. Mm. yep. I'd yep. love to stay over, there, but I got to be back. There's a. Yeah, there's a barbecue spot I need to check out and some beer and the donuts. Killing me. There's, yeah. And so that's what I got. Me. <laughs> All right, Alan, we're going to let you close it. Anything else you want to add? Anything you want to plug? I don't know. Not just, uh, just uh, get out and ride and come to Moto America this coming weekend and, or next, next weekend, excuse me, next weekend. And yep. It's just been, it's been, it's been great talking to you guys. Yeah, and I've got him roped in, Rico, as a listener. <laughs> nice. As I, was bu- as I was buying the bike, I was like, you know, you might want to listen to this podcast. It's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know who these guys are, but yeah. they're pretty I think these clowns are, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some uh, desperate measures to get extra extra listeners, mm-hmm. buying, buying bikes from them, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, we do whatever we can. One, right. See, you know what? It's slow growth, but, man, that's we've right. got dedicated listeners. <laughs> Right. We do. We go out and meet every one of them. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, appreciate having you on. I can't wait to just keep clicking off the miles on that beautiful interceptor. Um, rolled over 5,000 today on the way home. So now it at least has 5K on it. Nice. But just stunning to look at. Like I, I wiped it down last night because it's been sitting in the garage for a couple weeks. And the last time I rode it to work, it, picked up a lot of pollen. So I just used my quick detailer and just wiped it down and stood back and just stared at it. It's just un unreal. I got to bring you something rich. I got a present. I know. Did you get me some of that Honda wax? I do. Oh, good man. Good man. Okay. Let me cover some events real quick. Um, April 27th, this Saturday, which may have already happened by the time you hear this podcast 
That will be the Meltdown Vintage Festival in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Brother Hogan and myself will be there. Perhaps Alan and the missus. And I'm trying to think. I don't know if I Tim, won't be there. Tim's going out there or not. John's going to Virginia. Yep, I went to the mountains to ride. And May 9th, the Motorcycle Podcaster Challenge starts. That will run through the 29th. Loud Pipes is going to win this year. So tune in. Check it out. <laughs> the Loud Pipes Meetup and Gettysburg Bike Week will be July 12th through 14th in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. We are going to try and do Antique Motorcycles on Main and Chesney, July 27th. Another good event that I keep trying to make it to and just haven't for whatever reason. It's fun. We go every year. My son and I do, so it's it's a lot of fun. We got to go. We know a couple of vintage guys now. Uh, Sean Birch will be up there probably selling wares, and some of the guys from the, the Japanese Vintage Motorcycle Club will probably be there. And the Wall of Death, it'll be there. Oh. Which is which is really which is really cool if you haven't seen it in person. Love it. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. It's cool. August 9th through the twelfth, John will be in upstate New York somewhere. I will be at the Isle of Man TT in May of twenty twenty with Rico. And we gotta buy That's our right. tickets soon. Just don't forget that. Yeah. We gotta buy year tickets for the ferry in about a month. Sounds good. And then Sturgis, August twenty twenty. Who knows who's going to that one? All right, I would like to again thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you're interested in joining this group and supporting the show, we encourage you to visit loudpipes.net slash donate. And we don't have the live stream anymore. It looks like that has sort of run its course, uh, which is okay. We may do it on special events, but uh, it was fun while we had it. Uh, Additional information from this episode can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 157. We have links there to leave us some feedback, subscribe to the show, and of course, follow us on social media. Brother Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Kickstands up. Let's do this, Brutus. All right, Johnny John. Oh, Alan gets the last word. No. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. (laughs) I think he said, good night. Yeah, scratch my bedtime. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.